Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode. And then I do a thing at the end where it's just like totally random questions like... I'll not tell you them. Alright, okay. Just random. <laughs> I was going to give, give the game away there. Um, I'm here with Edward Reed. Hiya. <laughs> You're in my kitchen. <laughs> After a bit of drama, I have to say this oh morning. Oh my god, Danny. The story of my life is like, um, there's, there's not drama I will create. I'll somehow <laughs> magically create some drama um, in my life. Losing my car keys it was today. Well, I'm sure it just makes life all the more exciting to be around you. Uh, well, I don't my poor sister. Um, I was like, "There's your daily dose of drama, courtesy of me." I was, <laughs> I was, she was helping me out. She, so it was a long, long. Um, I was staying with my, with my mum, but my car was at my sister's. Right. And then my spare spare car key was in my house, which is in Glasgow. Uh-huh. My sister lives just outside Coatbridge. My mum lives in Coatbridge. So there was a lot of um, like going right. How, how am I going to get my spare car key if I can't find this key? Right. And also, I was I was trying to be in the moment, but I was like, right. The reality is, I'm supposed to be going to speak to Lisa. I need to go to the fort to get euros, and I'm need to get. Um, I'm going to, tomorrow morning at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh-huh. Well, I need to be at the airport for five o'clock. Oh I'm my goodness! Flying right. to Mallorca to sing at a wedding on Sunday, Amazing. Saturday. So I'm like, oh, I don't. I want to get maybe a new wee pair of shorts or yes. something to sing at the wedding. So all that's in my head going. Oh no! And plus, I was supposed to meet my assistant today um, to have a final chat because mm-hmm. um, she's going away to France for two weeks, and when I go right. to Mallorca, I come back for two days, and then I'm away to Greece. So we look, wow. I just want to touch base with her so we can say, yes. right, is everything all right? Because uh-huh. uh, we're both going to be out the country, of basically. Of course. How so, um, jet set of you. I know. <laughs> it's not always like that. Just and now you're in Bell's Hill, in my I'm kitchen. Bell's Hill, aye. I tell you, you've made it. Aye. <laughs> I like to get about. You're, you're drinking the agua de Bell's Hill and everything. Aye, uh-huh. <laughs> well. well, I have to say, I'm delighted that the keys were located and so they were in a field somewhere that well, you I thought, thought, I thought in I'd, the park. I thought I'd dropped them as I was getting the, the, the dog poo bag out of my pocket walk my sister's dog. See, responsible owners and that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I, I really do appreciate you being here. Oh, I thank you for busy, having me. Generally how busy you are. Uh-huh. Um, I guess I'd, people might be interested in how we know each other. Um, uh-huh. I think probably initially through performing at the same kind of gig with yep. the cupcakes and stuff mm-hmm. but then in more recent years we both worked on Mental Age the musical mm-hmm. which was lovely that's right. um, and that's something that's obviously important to you when it comes to your meditation and mindfulness and mm-hmm. all, all those kind of things that you've been been involved in the last couple of years mm-hmm. um, which we will get on to but my first question is if you could only ever sing one song the rest of your life, which song would you pick? Um, probably Proud Mary. Really? Because right. um, it, that's a tune. It's um, it's funny because in Glasgow, when I'm doing a lot of corporate events, people will go look at me and go the mouth to me when I'm on stage. Proud Mary, <laughs> and I'll be like, oh, that's my last it. song. I'll get because that's the one that gets everybody up in the dance yes. floor. True. So and it's funny how people um like people will say if I'm hosting an event and there's mm-hmm. other singers on. And they'll go and some the other singer sings Proud Mary, they'll be like, eh, they're singing your song. Yeah, so it's, it's quite funny. I kind of feel as if it's my song and I'll say it, it's my song. Yes. I've stole it off Tina Turner, she's not getting it back. <laughs> but um I I, 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 I I sang it years ago 
Um, and I think when I, when I worked in pubs, but it's one of those ones that it just the dance floor just fills, and okay. it just makes me full of joy when I yes. see people dancing to it. So for that alone, I mean, I like to play about with it. I like to when I start singing it, I like to be low and um, mm. I, I go all manly, uh-huh. and then I flip up to the high bit. So it's, it's a bit of fun vo- vocally for me, but also mm. the dance moves are good. It's one of those ones even when nobody's dancing, people are looking at me, uh-huh. which they normally do get up and dance, yeah. but then I can, I can channel my inner Beyonce Beyonce's version of Pride Mary I don't yes. know if you've seen it and that's what happens so fabulousness that is that uh, uh, it's a song that I can either just sit back and sing or if nobody's dancing um, I can actually perform uh-huh. so um, it's multi multi-layered for me yes and do you think that you've always had that kind of performance element in you or is that something that you know you enjoyed singing you knew you had a voice but you had to learn how to perform because I think that's a whole separate thing. Well, I didn't. No, when I was younger, I mean, I, I remember si- singing with my cousin, Helen Scullion, <laughs> um, one Christmas, especially for you, oh, with Kylie and yes. Jason, and and, and my mum and my aunt going, oh my God, amazing, amazing. But like that was, it was only for them. That was uh-huh. only me. But um, never was I ever, when I was younger, thought I could be a singer. Really? No, never. Coat Bridge, you would have... My dad was a welder and my brother was a brickie and I was going to become either a brickie or a welder or a joiner or something like that. And mm-hmm. I was like, God, no. The only way I would become a welder if it was her out of flash dance. <laughs> that I could be a, working a strip, a strip club how, at night. That's how I modelled my hair on, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, got, I've got bangs that's now. Good, that's good dancing. <laughs> she made it cool. Right. Uh, so there was nobody that I knew mm-hmm. was a singer or a performer. I didn't even go to shows. We didn't go to shows. There was no right, school okay. shows when I was younger. Right. There was no... Um, there wasn't drama classes. There was mm-hmm. uh, the Anchor Boys and the Brownies, you know, and I don't even know they performed. So I never... And I didn't go to any of them. Uh-huh. Um, I, most of my childhood was spent either watching the Muppet Show um, and loving that mm-hmm. or um, like people like Diana Ross singing and just thinking that is fabulous, but yeah, it's not me. not me. It's not Just me. It's I not for somebody like me. It felt like a world away. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it wasn't until I was older when I started. Um, I went to a, a karaoke place up in Airdrie, and I started singing. And I would always have to be drunk because I had no self worth. No, wow. you know, I didn't believe in. Didn't. I had this wee desire, and it was. It was also. I didn't think. I didn't know I could sing mm-hmm. until I was be, be drinking, and then I would let go. <laughs> this is when I was in the closet by the way and they'd okay. go what are you singing I'd go Evergreen by Barbara Streisand <laughs> the baby bird by Barbara Streisand yes. and I would sing it and people are ah you've got you've got a good voice you've got a good voice um, but it was never something that I, I mm-hmm. ever thought and then I remember when I was working in a day centre for people with disabilities a guy said to me you've got a good voice I would like to record it I've got a recording studio in my house I was like I have and when I recorded the CD I hated like that when you hear your own voice that mm-hmm. like, I hated it and I was so disappointed because in my head I thought my voice was better than it actually was wow. in, in real life so I was I was gutted it's just really hard on yourself <laughs> well I I but um you've eventually get you know you get, you get used to that mm-hmm. the voice that I've got and now I appreciate the voice mm-hmm. and I can I can I am obviously grown and developed as a human being since way back then yeah, so I can yeah. look I feel as if I can look at myself much more healthier now and, and pinpoint well that was technically good that was that was that sounded beautiful and pure mm-hmm. or that was awful you know and an eighty and but the thing is when it's awful you can go back and fix it that's you it. know that's it and like obviously all the experiences you've had have shaped you as a person mm-hmm. just you didn't necessarily start off with that that kind of bravery to just go out and do what you wanted no, to do and be long, what you wanted to be a long long process Aye. but then that makes it 
all the more special then. Aye, I suppose so. I suppose and, so. like, you obviously could never have imagined what you're doing now. No. It, it's funny because I've always had a focus. I've always had goals, although I don't like to say goals because goals to me can suggest someone said this to me once a, a life coach Miriam mm-hmm. that I used to go she said to me in fact I went to her two weeks ago but um, she used to say don't say goals because goals suggest that it's something that is far away call them focuses so nice. you're just focusing on them because you believe that they're already there they've just not happened yet I like it so it's almost that it's almost like that um, I am a millionaire instead of I want to be a millionaire uh-huh. it's I am a millionaire yeah. right now because if you strive to think I want to be a millionaire, mm-hmm. when you become a millionaire, then you want to be something else. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, no, I am a millionaire now, and the minute you get your head around that, you actually live like a millionaire. And mm-hmm. I don't mean, I don't mean you're in a debt, you know, yeah, and you're yeah, in yeah. denial. Mm-hmm. But you're like, no, I'm actually life's abundant. I, good mm-hmm. things happen to me. So it's it's, well, it's the power of I am, like that your I am is not the cat food, mind you. That the power of I am, like everything that is called <laughs> by I am, uh-huh. it's neural pathways that are created. And your your brain when you yeah. say I am, an example of that negatively is if you were told by a teacher you're stupid, you're lazy, you're not very um, uh, creative, you'd say I'm stupid, and that is a neural pathway that's formed mm-hmm. in your life all the time. Yeah. A lot of people that I know, I mean, I think a lot of people are told that they were not creative, you know, mm-hmm. because they couldn't do art. Yeah. And I couldn't do art, so right. I didn't. I didn't. I just thought I was an uncreative person. Yeah, you thought that's that's the basis of yes. being creative. Yeah, yeah. And if you couldn't draw, then you were mm-hmm. not creative. Um, now, when I teach meditation and I'm teaching visualization, it's great because mm-hmm. a lot of people will go, "I can't visualize," and I, within a couple of minutes, I'm like, and I should be, be break it down, mm-hmm. and they realize it's because a teacher has said something to them when they were younger. They just think they can't. Just visualize. think of those formative years, like how precious the messages are. Uh huh. And, and how long then it can take people to break down yeah. those kind of barriers because of what they've been told. But the good thing is, scientifically, what it is, is neural pathways are created, right, mm-hmm. in your brain when you have a when you, when you you have a thought and then it becomes an, a belief mm-hmm. or a feeling and then it becomes any values and it becomes any words and actions. Um, but I think if they happen to you as a child, they happen to you when it, you're kind of passive in that experience. Whereas when you're an adult... You can be really active in the experience. You can go, no, 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 no. Uh-huh. I'm taking control of this. Yes. And it does sometimes, you are fighting. Sometimes you have to, well, it's, I don't like that whole concept of fighting, but you have to um, accept that you had those feelings once. Mm-hmm. You had that belief system about yourself once, but you're willing to change it. You you, you're you're, you're ready to change it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's good news. That you, is you, good, good news, good actually. News. That is that is very positive. Uh-huh. Um, like, I guess when then after recording that, you know, CD with that guy, you had mixed feelings about uh-huh, it. Did uh-huh. you enjoy the process but then didn't enjoy the um, end product? Is that kind of... I, I was terrified through the process because mm. I didn't, I felt as if, I did feel a wee bit paranoid and I was mm. like, and, I, and I, I didn't enjoy the process as much because I was too busy thinking, I was too busy thinking that they thought I was rotten okay. kind of thing so I couldn't enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, um, um, I, I was, a t- it was, it was, I needed to happen because it was mm. the, the first step to the next step because then I decided well I want to go for singing lessons and I went for singing lessons and that was an experience because the woman was older and more traditional wanted to me to sing opera I didn't want to sing opera I wanted to sing pop Mm -hmm. so we had the middle ground where I sang musical theatre which I realised that I 
thought, well, I enjoy, enjoy this. Mm. I enjoy it. I like. See, I've, I've grew up, grew up with country and western songs with, with my mum and dad. Right, and okay. I think I think musical theatre and country and western songs are like, just lots of monologues to yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. Um, storytelling, isn't uh, it? Yeah. So I like. I've got oh, that song's great, and there's a ah. there's a story behind it. Uh, and then I joined Adrian uh, Copenhagen Airdrie Amateur Operatic Society. You did indeed. And I was in Hello Dolly. And, yes. And that process was like I, I thought. I can't believe like, so it was every Tuesday night mm-hmm. still and is it, and then when it got closer to the date it was a Sunday as well is uh-huh. that yeah it still is That's, I and, like how we're still sticking to I, tradition, tradition. <laughs> but that was that just to me was like this strange experience of like-minded people mm. people who were passionate people who were passionate about music and singing and performing and then you would go and rehearse and it was just oh my I couldn't believe that this was a hobby that I had now and I remember the whole process and they, they kept saying to me, would you audition for the part as um, Barnaby? And I was like, no, I'm not ready. So basically they were like, please audition for the part. Because <laughs> I was thinking it was the only young one. Please. I was I was per- the perfect age. Anyway, uh-huh. I got the part. Of course. And um, <laughs> I, 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 I loved it and uh-huh. I, I loved the experience. The first night, this is so dramatic, right? The first night I come out on stage uh-huh. and I don't know if this is an ego thing, right? But right. It, was, it was a bit of a rush of... I think the whole mixture of the whole rehearsal period, the anticipation of it, and then that first night back then, I was so naive when it came to things. I was so bra- I was braver than I am now, and I was just like on getting on the stage, and I I've just felt it was like this ignorant bliss kind of mm. thing. And I get out on the stage, and I remember going, "No, this is me. This is me." And I literally went into work the next day and handed my notice in. Wow. I, was, I did not know that. Yes, handed my notice in. I'm pretty sure you're doing coke, but I just don't know that. I'll eat it. This is like <laughs> clout. No, no, I think they did. I think they did. I think they, they were like, I think a lot of people were like, seriously. Because they because um, But the power of that, like, is that, you know, I choreograph for Adrian Cobridge. I've been with him for 10 years, which I didn't realise wow. until they got me up on stage at the end of the last production. I was like, what is going on? Oh, but. I am constantly in awe of the magic that is mm. Amdram, actually, mm-hmm. because all these people from all walks of life who've maybe had dreams and aspirations to take music or mm-hmm. drama or dance further and haven't, for whatever reason, come together with a shared you know, joy of performing yep. and music. And, and even the people that are backstage that are helping with props and stuff, uh-huh. it's just like a total community, mm-hmm. family, everybody's in it together. And, and quite often, you know, I'm there to do a job and your mind's on the job and then you're like, no, this is people's lives and hobby. Mm. Like, they're giving up time with a family or whatever to uh-huh. do this for themselves, which uh-huh. is dead important. It's so nice to hear that that, like, for you just then that, was that like, was it. that's it. This is it, it was a wee bit of magic that um, mm. I was very ignorant. I don't know if that's the right word, but I was, I was like, I'm doing this. Thank goodness, though. I know, I know. And, and <laughs> do you know what? I had a house... I had a really good job. I was mm-hmm. deputy manager of a day centre for people with special needs and I was on, I had goals. To, um, my goals were, back then were, um, and that's what I'm saying, I always had goals. When I was 18, I was at, when I was 17, I was at Cobridge College studying HND social care. And then halfway through my course, I applied for a job for um, interview technique mm-hmm. and I got the job. Right. Didn't think I'd get it. I ended up having to leave college early. Mm-hmm. Finished my qualification right enough, which the college supported me through. And then, um, was there seven years and I got made up into deputy manager right here. and I hated management mm. so I, 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 I had a house but my, my, my goal was by the time I was 25 I was going to be deputy manager and by the time I was 30 I planned to be manager that was my goals that was it and um, but then what happened was I 
I became deputy manager when I was 24, which wow. was good. Right. And then I hated management. I hated Goodness. having to tell people what to do. Yeah, so or, you're reaching your goals and just not feeling it. I was reaching. <laughs> I, 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 so the, 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 yeah, I was reaching them. I, 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 I smashed them because I was mm. like 24. And I was like, ah, this is not what I thought it would be. Mm. But I think a lot of the time for me, it was people going in that industry when you work in care and I don't know if it's the same now but back then this is about 20 years ago or something oh you're a guy you will do well and you know ah, you'll be a manager soon because right. guys okay. do because mm. it's a predominantly female industry and if a man was in it then he was you know sexist aye so mm-hmm. very sexist but um and I was but just, just like, because you're good at something like you obviously were I mean they're not uh, just I was like, very passionate about it handing you jobs like no, right no, I, you were obviously good at what you I, did I, I, I was good yeah. at it I, I, I was very I, I, was, I had this amazing um, I don't know what you call it but I felt like a real easy connection with people with special needs and I don't and I'm not I'm not seeing every single person with special needs because that's um, it's, I'm not going to stereotype no, everybody's no, different but I I, I, I I found that I could I could click with their energy very easy. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. So um, I found that I had more patience with them. So if somebody was challenging, I used to work with a lot of people with challenging behaviour. Okay. Then I, I had more compassion and more mm. patience for them. So I would, I would, and you know, I, so I, I did enjoy it. I loved it. Yeah. But then after seven years, I decided I'm going to do this. So then I, I, I had my house and I got a woman. I gave up. My, I gave up my job and I gave them like a month's notice. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm doing this, I'm leaving. But I hadn't sold my house. And a woman came out to my house and she was like, oh, nobody's buying these houses anymore. Everybody's buying ex-council houses because um, better value for money. So you're, you're really difficult selling this. And when she, when she left and shut the door, I literally just, again, just ignorant bliss. I just wrote, for sale, put my number in the window, put it in the window. And then I was like, <laughs> that happened, that happened. What happened? Literally the next day, <laughs> the next day, somebody phoned me up going, I have been driving past here every day going to work waiting to see if a house would come up for sale and she was like it was the most simplest transaction yeah. um, I made a bit of money on it she got a good deal because mm. I really wasn't that greedy but I had, I had made money back in those days when it was you know it, it was before all the credit crunch mm. it, was, it was great so and that's then that's just meant to be I know but then I, I had applied to Motherwell College uh-huh. um, and I hadn't heard anything, so I'd given up my job, sold my house, and I hadn't what? been told that I had been. So I was like, do you know what? Ignorance is bliss. I, I know, it? and I was just like, do you know what? I'm, I'm going to live in Ireland for a year and just and just live over there. And right. um, my friend lived there, so I was like, I'm just going to go over, stay, sleep in the house. That, I mean, see, now I'd be like, no, I'm not sleeping in MD's couch. But back then, I was like, I'll just sleep in the couch. And <laughs> so then I got a place at college, which um, which was brilliant. So mm. then that was... The start of it. You felt like you were with your people when you were there. I did, I, and again, I couldn't believe like it was a wee bit, bit like the kids from Fame. They were all high kicking in the corridor. I mean, Motherwell <laughs> College. It was like a mechanics and musical theatre. Do you know what I mean? So it was one extreme mother. <laughs> My husband was at the mechanics. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he was. That's what he studied at Motherwell College. Oh well, he must have been. He was scared when he was like. He ended up marrying me. Aye, so he had to get used to it. And I was twenty-four. I was a twenty-five or twenty-four, and everybody was like. 17 ah, right. so I was like these wanes are full of energy <laughs> but it's funny because I, I'm two of my closest friends now mm. I met at college but um, yeah that was a, that was a great two years uh-huh. a great two years at Motherwell College yeah and the whole I mean, you've probably spoken about this a bajillion times but the whole Britain's Got Talent train and after all that the success of that did you feel that that really propelled your career or would you have been happy 
like with where you were and what oh. you were doing like what, what was that whole experience? No, it like? was. And you know, I was saying earlier on, but I, I didn't actually eventually say it, but like you were saying, about, I think you said something about the, the where I've got to right mm. now. And I'm not, by all means, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to think, is it Ricky Martin or, uh, or uh, would you, uh, Michael Ball or uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm, I'm not at that level. I don't know why I've been too popped in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like what Ricky you Martin. Think, no, what do you think is somebody else? That, um, but uh, I... When I applied to Motherwell College, I just wanted to be a singer. So after everything that I did, because after, again, at Motherwell College, people were like, you, you should be in the West End, but a voice like that, you should be in the West mm-hmm. End. And I was like, oh, very complimented. So then I started mm-hmm. saying, I need to go to the West End because people think I should be in the West End. But I was right, completely right off my path because mm-hmm. my path was I just wanted to be a Scottish singer. Yeah. And my head, I thought, if I've, if I'm known in Scotland, I'd, I'd be great. Mm-hmm. I didn't want fame. I just wanted to be known in Scotland, well-known and well-liked. But I went on the path of, um, I should go down to the West End, so I would go down to audition for Les Mis and um, other, other musicals I auditioned for, and I would be so sick with nerves. It was just pointless. I went mm-hmm. down because people were looking at me going, have you got an audition? Yeah, I'm going to Les Mis next week. I'm um, feeling sick. But yeah. um, I'd, I'd, that, that, I'd, a, couple, a couple of things happened. I ended up working in Spain, mm-hmm. and then I worked on a cruise ship. The vocalist, and then um, I come back, and I had just come out of a relationship, and it was that way. I was like, "What, what do I do? Who am I?" Because and my, my relationship, I, I had started to, because my partner was like, "I don't want a boyfriend that keeps going away um, on cruise ships." So I was like, "Right, okay, that." So I stopped all that, mm-hmm. and I thought, "No, I'm going to commit to my to my partner." And I was like, "Right, what do I do?" So I did a couple of shows at the Pavilion actually. And then I was like, right, what now? What do I do? And then when we broke up, mm-hmm. I was like, oh. And I'd, I'd realised that I had put my life on hold for yeah. another human being, yeah, yeah. which wasn't in the plan of action either. No. Um, and then I was working in a, a, rest, a, a restaurant and my friend had said to me, um, do you remember the parade in, in Glasgow? Yeah. Well, I, I joined it uh, um, Later on, I think just I think I left and then it closed six months later. Right. Nothing to do with me, <laughs> right? But I think I think it was just a dying. It was people mm, weren't going out as yeah. much, or it was it was and it's like having things like that in Glasgow is such a good thing. But Absolutely. live entertainment, Absolutely. giving people work, mm. giving dancers work, giving Definitely. singers work. But it's a shame that it, that mm. it had to close. But um, a woman in that um, Shona had said to me, Ed, um, there's a pub in Las Mejigo looking for a singer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I, I've trained. You know, I don't, I don't do pubs. The parade I was willing to do because there was, there was choreography and there was yeah, rehearsals. Yeah, so like a show, like a production. But I'm not singing in a pub. And she was like, it's £175 a night. And I was like, when do I start? <laughs> because uh, that was more than I was getting in the restaurant. Jeez, right. So and she's like, all you need to do is buy me sound system. Mm-hmm. Weirdly enough, the sound system cost £175. So I bought the sound that system the, the and um, my... Gorgeous mum and sister half then and bought me a cordless mic at three hundred pound, and then I did my first gig, and actually in that first gig, mm-hmm. I'm always terrified, right? Mm. But looking back, I'm like that is what I wanted to do when I initially joined started Mother. I yeah. just wanted to sing in pubs. Aye. That's all I wanted uh-huh. to do. You just connect with just people and just doing. Aye, what and sing songs that I want. Aye. Of, so because I say to my, my friend Shona, I go, I'm going to sing Do a Dear from. And she's like, you can't sing that in a pub. I went, watch me. And, uh, and I'd sing, I'd sing Do A Deer or I'd sing, so I thought... That I'm, was just such an original concept, like obviously, you know, apart from your amazing voice on Britain's Got Talent, that's obviously what the hook was for them as well, just that you had 
this creativity in you. Uh, well, there was a wee bit of controversy when I come off the show. I don't know if you know this. There was a, 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 a double act that they, they do something similar. So there was a whole big, like, ripped off. Who but the first but, uh, but, um, <laughs> thing. So it's not really highly original and it's been done hundreds of times. My intention mm. was original, I think. My yeah. intention, because I'd, be, I'd been working, because oh, even though I stopped working in the day centre, I used to do some um, freelance work okay. with different art organisations. Mm. And I would be working at within a project in Edinburgh and I worked with two boys with autism mm-hmm. who hadn't um, hadn't um, they just turned 17 okay. and they weren't allowed to do anything that were deemed as childlike right. so they started singing they didn't speak they didn't mm-hmm. have much um, they didn't have much speech mm-hmm. at, all, at all and they would do eat or eat or eat or ah 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 and then the caterer said that same singing Old MacDonald so I was like Old MacDonald had it and they were like no no you can't you can't um, right that's too childlike. There's there's adults now, and I'm I'm all for that. I'm all for mm. not bringing like children's toys into people that are adults. No, no. But if they want to bring it's a, a toy, a, a, a song, mm. a, they want to sing it, then it's, it's up to them. So I thought, okay, if I'm not allowed to sing it, whether well, I sing it like an adult, and someone's going Old MacDonald, and I was trying to Love mix it. it up with modern songs, yeah. and that's where the idea came from originally because I was like, so you had it. the best. Of intentions Aye. doing that, Aye. and then in my, in my head, I was, I was also asked to do a fundraiser for my sister's. She worked in a nursery, and um, she still does. Um, mm-hmm. And I wanted to do. We're going on a bear hunt. Yes. So obviously, I'm obsessed with divas like Aretha Franklin, mm-hmm. um, Celine, and all that. So in my head, I was going to sing. We're going on a bear hunt, but I was going to do it. We're going on a bear hunt. Oh yeah, yeah. I've given it all that. <laughs> Uh, but then my sister, I was going to get the nursery staff up and she was like, no, they won't do it. And I was like, I've been doing this thing with Old MacDonald, maybe we could do that. And then I was just going through my songs to try and fit mm. different nursery names into a song and then Run come up. And, yeah. and it was like, oh my God. So in my, in my head, look, again, being a young child and but not having any experience and I think just watching like people like Diana Ross mm. sing ballads and that whole fantasy that that, yes. that, that, Help me escape to. Ah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, of course. So, and my, when I start, I just get such a kick out of singing Old MacDonald to that kind of um, Old MacDonald and milking it and like pushing the diamonds away and Love bringing them towards it. you and that whole diva <laughs> thing. Yeah. So that's when, and I get a kick and it made me laugh. And I remember, I remember saying it's to my friend, you know, well, it's, it's it silly, it's, it's, and, and it's, it's fun. And, but I say to my you friend, have, you, have, you have that voice where you're still getting the quality you know your voice still still makes you up, sit up and go wow mm-hmm. but then you're singing something that everybody uh, can relate to <laughs> but it, it's funny because a lot of people I think you need to be in the industry that you're in to say that because a lot of people go to me I by the way your voice is no bad because because they but see I've worked with people right that, are, that have sang opera thank you and have not and have not been the best singers uh-huh. and look I stand innovation mm. because oh they're singing opera but when I got them to sing like that uh, old MacDonald in the same key as Le- 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 Leona Lewis yes. they're like I, you're a no bad singer I am your thanks so so I think sometimes people can't people have no disrespect I want to what is good singing like, yes aye uh-huh. and um, so but even even now, if I do like a, I throw a musical theatre song and people go, I didn't know you could sing, and I'm like, <laughs> you, you, I've been singing the past four years at this event, and that's the first time you've actually heard me sing. So it's it's very funny, it's very funny. But you, you, I, think, I think your personality, obviously, it's so endearing 
that I, I, I'm, probably a lot of people connect with that first and foremost yes, as well. Yeah, you, totally. When you come into a space, you come on the stage, people just connect with you yeah. and the great energy that you give off. Mm-hmm. That uh, yeah. Probably it's just like a whole... Like, I, I don't... And the songs I choose uh-huh. are more party, uplifting. Mm. I could be self-indulgent, but often when I'm booked, I don't... I don't unless someone asks specifically yeah. like, or right now I'm milking the life out of shallow because that's very and it's and, mm-hmm. I, and I always know see if I go to sing a slow one the cameras come out and when I'm getting videoed I go that's how I was getting sung next week <laughs> I love it uh, but I suppose it'd be like you if you're dancing and you're doing something that is fun mm. but technically amazing mm. but then you turn around and the next week you need to do ballet and people go oh my god I didn't know you could dance like that it's that kind of wee bit of snobbery yeah. if it's ballet if it's opera if it's musical theatre uh-huh. then oh wow because you, you just you obviously are doing your thing you don't really think about how other people are receiving it uh-huh. and what what's important to them yes or yes. what's like the kind of like checklist of uh-huh. what's, what's good yeah, in inverted commas and what's like brilliant that's true <laughs> but you know what how I measure it uh-huh. when I get booked back again <laughs> yes I love a repeat again uh, I, I, and it's um, because I could I could easily <laughs> I could my ego could take over and go oh, well I'm going to just sing I, mm-hmm. I'm going to let them know that I've got you know a musical theatre training and, yes. and I can do this and, but I go no because I want them to have a whole round experience and and then uh, there is occasions people will say to me, "Could you sing this song, or like, um, can you do this?" And and I'll and I'll do it, mm. but I'll I'll go with this. By the way, everybody, this has been a request. <laughs> so I was like, "I'll do." It. I apologise myself. I, I've obviously not been self indulgent in the slightest. Um, <laughs> but um, but the, yeah, you have the experience to know what works as well. You know, mm-hmm. like quite often over the years, we've been asked to do different things that you know through the cupcakes. That I'm like. I don't think that's right for your event. And, and uh, you know, you're trying, there's that kind of, I'm trying to respect what you want, but also I'm trying to give you the best possible mm-hmm. kind of gig here yeah, type oh, thing, you know. Or we've been asked to do, like, something outside the 40s and 50s, and I'm like, no, oh, good. that's our brand. I think that's really important because mm-hmm. I know that I'm now in a comfortable position where I can say no to people. And, mm-hmm. and whereas before, I, I, okay, I'll bend over backwards for you. Uh-huh. I will bend over backwards. And it would maybe, it would be a hat or it would be a miss, but then I, I would be like, sometimes doing, for me, mm-hmm. doing something different is a shock to me because I'd be like, oh, I didn't know. Like, when I was first asked to do, to host events, mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I'll do it. But I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. And then they'd say, can you do the auction? And I'd be like, oh my God. What is that? I don't I, know what I, I'm I, doing. So I'd be just, I'd be like, go and watch Bargain Hunt and stuff like that, try and get some, yes. <laughs> some tips of that. Uh, going, going once, going twice. Sold three times a lady, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, so oh, I. Uh, but like, obviously, people saw something in you that you maybe hadn't considered in yourself. Like, exactly. you know, you're you're gigging, you're doing a bit of banter in between songs or whatever. That's just you. That's just what you do mm-hmm. as a performer. But then, obviously, people were seeing something like more of your ability. And I, and I think they were like, we want that energy, uh-huh. but we had you the past two years. We want different entertainment, but we still want that energy that you bring to the room. Yes. So. And, I, and I'd be like, I've got no chat. And they'd be like, seriously? Because as long as I've got, <laughs> see if I've got songs to punctuate, and I've got another chat. Mm. But people will sometimes book, book, email me and go, we just want Ed, Edward to do um, uh, half an hour stand, stand-up comedy. And I'm like, tell them where to get to, because that's not going to happen. I mean, maybe maybe this um, this retreat I'm going to in Greece. The time is going to Greece. You said you were going to Greece, but I didn't know it was a retreat. It's a retreat, aye. But it's <sighs> like, the, 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 the byline is create adventure enjoy wow. so it's like abseiling 
um, kayaking gulp. Um, um, and it's, I'm sure one of them is like a stand-up comedy workshop. Right. So I'm so excited about that. That'd be amazing. I know. So what, I, I just I, read a book not that long ago about a woman who just wanted to do stand-up, so she just did. Right. And she did it like over, it was like a hundred, she, she kind of set herself like this task of I'm going to do a hundred gigs. You know, she was just like, this is what I want to do. And she just made it happen. And it obviously it sounded like the most scary thing ever, but the best thing ever. Like, the, this, I mean, she got a whole book out of it. I mean, I mean, it's good to you push start. yourself out of your comfort zone, though. Totally, but I suppose I, I would like to think that I was a storyteller. Like, I've got a little something. I can make, like, me losing my keys today. I could tell that, and it, and it could yes. be, it could be added comedy in it. Mm. But I don't know if I would say it is enough to put on a a stage do you know what I mean I don't know so much I think just people warm to you like people warm to people and you've just like you said you have you've got an absolutely infectious energy about you and but I, I think I think punctuated the songs that works but on but its I'm own to, I'm thoroughly thoroughly entertained sitting here uh, uh, well well, I know but I, I, I think I, I think going to the Stan Comedy Club would, would be maybe something that I would mm-hmm. and I think I, I'm I'm I, I'm Try, I went back to my life coach last week because okay. I'm at this point now which we were talking about later on and mm-hmm. I'm like I have reached a position where I didn't even think I could reach right and I'm and I'm not being conceited I'm, I'm just yeah. being honest like mm. I work and I, I don't just work I get glorious jobs that are creative like Sunday night there I was in the King's Theatre yes I saw as part that. of a night of the musicals amazing one of the highlights of my career I just I made a decision to enjoy every minute of it I didn't Good overthink it and I, I loved it. So I, I'm at this position where now I'm like, wow, I never, when I was, my first intention was to do this, I didn't think I would be in this position. Yeah. And I've, I, feel, I feel as if I'm on a plateau. So I was back to my life coach last mm-hmm. week because I'm like, right, what is actually happening? What's yeah. my next step? And I'm, and I'm confused because I'm doing this mindfulness stuff and meditation stuff and I love it. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, have I just taken my eye off the prize for singing? Because um, singing has been pushed aside a wee bit. And after Saturday night... And again, it's not so much the singing, it's the whole banter in between and the whole having a conversation yeah. with an audience. But I, I do think that. it's difficult. I've had this conversation a couple of times in the podcast with people who are creative and, and uh, you know, the joy of spinning all the plates and being able to do several things. Yeah. And sometimes like that, you know, people are like, oh, you're so great at everything. And you're like, oh, that's lovely. And, you know, you appreciate it. But then there's also that, you know, like, oh, I wish I could just pick one thing and stick to it. And it's, the, it's a creative person. I know. Can I, I help who you are? I've, I've enjoyed this whole detour in, in mindfulness and meditation mm. because... Where did that come from? It started with my own anxiety. Um, mm. I, I was stressed and I didn't... I wasn't aware of it. I got told I had high blood pressure. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, not me. And everybody was like, Ed, you're the most stressed person I know. And I was like, me stressed? I don't know what you're talking about. And I, 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 was, I was in total denial about wow. it. Wow. And it wasn't until I was... I was doing a... I had a weekend full of work and I was working for Disney. And I... This I like you just dropped that. I, I know, but I, I was working for Disney and I was doing a thing and I was working with Donald Duck, right? And it was like, you cannot give Donald Duck direct eye contact. You're not swearing in front of Donald Duck. Do not. And it was all this thing. And I, I remember I, was, I, I had a rehearsal for another show I was doing and I was driving to Edinburgh like this and I just so caught myself with my shoulders up in my ears mm-hmm. and I went, okay, I think I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. I think, I think I was just taking, everything was just consuming me mm-hmm. and, and just go, go, I was go, just go, full of time. anxiety all the time. Um, so then I, I, I went to this, this life coach Miriam that I go to um, who I highly recommend and she got me to meditate and I, I, something that I just thought like uh, meditators are 
people that go up mountains in Tibet yeah. and you know fast for three days. I, that will not. I will never be doing that. That yeah. won't happen to me. Maybe it will now that I've that I've developed. But I, I'm just like that's not for people. Yeah. I keep it for cold bridge. Don't meditate. They they, they medicate. <laughs> and then I was just I got into it and then. The more I done it, I just found this level of peace that I that um I was able to like kind of the 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 experiences didn't change in my life, but no. my reaction to them changed, yes. and that was a level of peace that I never ever thought mm-hmm. I would get. Because the busier I got, the more anxious I got this about it. it. This whole imposter syndrome, like I'd go every day. <laughs> why did they pick me? Mm-hmm. But I'd be like, yes, I picked me. But why did they pick me? I'm not that good. They're going to find out that I'm not good. Absolute torture. I don't do it anymore. It almost rises up my body and I, and, I, and I acknowledge it I'm so jealous of that and um, I'm just like no nope, you can do it you can do it and um, and it's, it's a battle because I think where we come from to admit that out loud there's a wee bit of me that still thinks people think you're conceited but I really don't care because it's the, the level of peace yeah. that it brings me is yeah. so much like being in the Kings the other night I did the Saturday came and there was a girl from come up from London who was Elpha Bin Wicked and a girl who was in Broadway and a guy Neil who I worked with hundreds of times, hundreds of times, but he's just back from touring with the National Theatre of Scotland. And okay. here's me, like I done Hello Dolly about, <laughs> about twenty years ago, and they've all done like the West End and Broadway, right? So on the Saturday, I had an imposter moment meltdown, and I was like, mm. Oh my god, why am I doing this? Who do you think I'm at? And I was like, No, what? You don't do this anymore. Yeah. You deserve to be in that stage. You may not have done the things that you've done, but you've been asked to because X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. So I just have to. Not try and be them. I just thought you're focus you. in on me mm. and be me and don't try and be the person. So Jacqueline Hughes, who's from East Kilbride, but she lives in London and she comes up and she has this presence, very articulate, and mm. she's talking and I'm just looking at her going, I could listen to her all night. She looks so calm and then she sings The Wizard and I and you're just mm. like... And I was looking at the back here and I could I could see that she was acting every mm. single word right. And I got my go, wow. <laughs> Hey, beautiful people, how you doing? And I was just, and I'm like, I, she was doing her, and I was yeah, doing that's me, it. And the audience, what a like boring world it would be aye. if we were all the same. Yeah, but the audience were like, do you know what? The forties were so different, and it just yes. gave the best show. Absolutely. And I tried to be like her, they or any of them. They'd have been like, mm, I was good, but they were just like this. It was almost, it was almost like we all stood in our own. And, uh, yeah, and complimented each other great, on the same bill. Yeah. So that imposter syndrome, I knew I was like, right, so instead of having imposter syndrome, what I do is, and I've talked up for you. Okay. What happened with imposter syndrome is I have, I start to visualise me being rotten in that situation and people judging me and people looking at me going, why have you booked him? Why have you bought tickets for this? And that's what I visualise. Okay. So when I feel the imposter syndrome coming up and I feel those visions coming into my, my, my head, mm-hmm. I say no you don't think that way anymore and then I, I visualise myself after the show I visualise myself sometimes standing in the, the, the stage or whatever mm-hmm. I am shining like standing smiling um, and, and feeling that the audience are smiling back mm-hmm. smiling back at me and then I definitely visualise myself after the show saying oh my god I loved every minute of that yeah. and that the two experiences are just the same one's just negative one's positive yeah. and actually the one that's positive makes me feel better mm-hmm. so that's what I, that. that's the technique that I put in place yeah. I, 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 I'm very aware of how I visualise the event that I'm feeling you must just feel like you've got, gained control back the power is yours just to, to decide Aye. how you're going to react like you say uh-huh. even like today with the keys um, like I was thinking of you I was thinking I'm obviously going away tomorrow um, to sing at, 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 in Mallorca and then I need to go to the fort and I was need to get euros, euros and stuff like that and then I'm going I, 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 like 
oh my god and so what happens is you're an idiot you're an idiot you lose keys you do this all the time you're an idiot your whole day's going to be ranged you're going to have to be inconvenient you're going to have to inconvenience Lisa inconvenience everybody's going to inconvenience why did I not do it why did I not check so then so when that bubbles up in me Mm. I go oops there we go this is just current mental health issues Mm. so instead of that I go right what are the facts the facts are I don't have my keys the facts are my sister my beautiful sister is driving me to find these keys let's just focus on that let's just focus on the gratitude for my my sister (laughs) and focus on um, the fact that I'm looking for keys um, it meant that I was like do you know what if I'm going to be late for Lisa then I, I'm late for Lisa there's nothing but then I you do that myself. thing where you decide how everybody else feels about something yeah. you're like nobody said anything but yeah. I, like, I'll go into that like oh well that's it and they'll be saying that and they'll be thinking that who are you what do you know mm-hmm. but that that's that's the go to isn't it you just yeah. decide that and it's all your fault yeah. and that you have this effect on everybody and you're like you don't actually <laughs> I know, you know but I know, it is it's, it's difficult to stay but to, it's great to get mm. your, to, get, to be in the, mo- in the the middle of a crisis or uh-huh. a trauma and catching yourself and then yeah. to get mindful in it and, and it must be nice to be like pass on that wisdom to other people then you've obviously done the mindful kind of meditation training uh-huh. um, and then so it's like similar to you know the entertainment and, and you know singing and but and being connected by an audience but then in a whole other Aye. different way yes I like to when I do it I the best compliment I worked for a charity called Rainbow Valley right? and it was the first time I'd done mindfulness for them and um, when I went in and I was just, it was all the people that had that had cancer or it was their significant others. It's this beautiful retreat up in Loch Lomond. And I, and I just was like, again, a wee bit ignorant. And I just was, I just started talking and they were, they were like, they, they were laughing. But it was if they say, why are you be laughing? This is mindfulness. You shouldn't be laughing. <laughs> so I was just saying stuff. And then the feedback that I got back from Rainbow Valley was that a lot of people said that they, they laughed into, relax, into relaxation. Lovely. So I was like, oh my god that's what I wanted but I didn't think I could actually do that so yeah. I love the fact that I do it and, and it's like it is a hobby but I like the fact that it's still entertaining you know of and course. often people will say Rainbow Valley always do are you singing as a song at the end of it <laughs> so um, I usually I like singing Feeling Good because I feel even though whatever, whatever people's cancer diagnosis is at that mm-hmm. point I believe because the lyrics are an, a, a new day a, a new life and some people go, well, not really, because my cancer diagnosis is quite severe. But actually, I, I think once you leave that Rainbow Valley retreat, you have a new life because you're a new person. And and I'll often speak to people and they'll be a wee bit angry about the, the body that they don't have anymore because of cancer. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I, I, don't, I always say to them, look, I, I don't, I've, I've not had cancer, so please don't think I'm being disrespectful to your your diagnosis no, or your story no. but you have got to see that this body that you're in now is actually the the pimped up version you know it's the new improved version because you've been through something horrific and you're still sitting here so yeah. yes it might not be the you might not be able to go out running a marathon mm. anymore but this body you should be celebrating you should be loving because this is the body that has got you it's through this. that yeah. illness and you're mm. sitting here and when you leave here you should hopefully leave with an appreciation for your life that you didn't have before or I'm sure when you have cancer and you survive it, you have a whole new appreciation for life, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Rainbow Valley helps you, because a lot of people, you know, after, a, and not just cancer, but any major illness like that mm. or any trauma, mm-hmm. um, they do, they can be a wee bit angry 
angry at the world or yeah, at, at yeah, the cancer. Yeah. So it is the Rainbow Valley, I think, helps them refocus mm-hmm. and helps them let go something. Yeah. And especially when I teach mindfulness, because they come back and do like a top-up course of mindfulness. Okay. There's a lot in it about acceptance um, and then letting go and then yeah. forgiveness. And a mm-hmm. lot of the forgiveness is about forgiving yourself mm-hmm. because um, that is... That yeah, it's is, funny, I just watched a TED Talk this morning about that very thing. A girl had been given a cancer diagnosis when she was 35 and she had a one-year-old and, and basically she was just saying like all these people were trying to put reasons on to it, like this has happened for this reason and, and because of this and you know it was all, and you know she was like I didn't need reasons it's just happened yeah and there's good and bad mm-hmm. through it through life yeah like it doesn't matter what you know you're going to go through in life there'll always be good stuff there'll always be bad and it, it just is yeah there doesn't need to be a it's because you did this or because Aye. you didn't do that or because you believed in we God like to blame things we like to blame things it's mm. good to have a blame for yeah. something uh-huh. because it makes but it actually doesn't it just it just fills you with resentment for yeah. and, yeah, yeah, and yeah. either you know, for yourself or for somebody else. And they say resentment. The world. Resentment is like swallowing poison and expecting somebody else to die. Um, wow. Because that's what it is. So yeah. You're just running. The resentment's running through your body. Mm. It's not running through anybody else's body. So the minute, and and after, and it's funny because when I'm doing it, a lot of people will go, they'll just nod their head and then I'll put them into groups. I put them into pairs and mm. they'll go, how can you? How can I accept that I've got cancer and it's so it's a real big. It's a challenge because I, again, I'm really sensitive and I don't want to disrespect anybody's no. experience. No, no. But I do believe in this mindfulness malarkey and mm-hmm. I do believe that the sooner you accept something, the sooner you can move on from mm-hmm. it. So the minute you stop blaming others mm-hmm. or blaming yourself, when you, the minute you forgive yourself, then to me, that's when the healing properly starts. And I think it's a great way, like, accepting mm-hmm. everything. Like taking control, like you said, like ha- having a tool uh-huh. that you can actually take control. Because I guess, you know, with a cancer diagnosis, just control is out the windy mm-hmm. for you. Mm-hmm. So having some sort of say in how you feel and uh-huh. how you react to to the situation that's been put upon uh-huh. you, that must uh-huh. you know it must be hard. Yeah. But then when you get to that place, it, you know, it must make a huge difference. Uh, and I think that see when see when when I explain acceptance doesn't mean you're going to lie down to the thing. Acceptance means you acknowledge it, mm. and then you move on from it. But a lot of people think when you accept something or when you forgive it's somebody, like it's like okay, I've just accepted uh-huh. it. I'm going to lie down to it, and yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not, and I think that's what mm-hmm. that's what the, the the breakthrough is when you realise that I'm going to accept it, but I'm not. It doesn't mean to say that I'm saying it's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm going to accept that it's happened, mm. and then once I know that, once I do that, then I can look. I can look at moving on from it or, or yeah. healing it. I mean, for you, that must be just so kind of rewarding to be a part of that. And I, like, I'm I'm very conscious that I worry that. Um, there isn't enough time for people to, like, I always say to them, see after this, see tomorrow when you're sitting in your house and you're thinking about acceptance, please send me an email and we'll talk mm-hmm. through it again. Because mm-hmm. I think when it's just been opened up in that minute, it, you know, it takes a while. And And I will say to people, this is just a, a, another taste in it, mindfulness. Mm-hmm. It's your now responsibility to go to mindfulness classes and mm. or watch it on YouTube, watch TED Talks, yeah. and, and explore that concept of accepting. Yeah. Because I've just opened the door for you to, to, to go in there and discover it and explore yes. it for you. Yes, yeah. yes. And then some people might they might just go, nah, I'm not I'm not going to accept it, and then that's mm. fair enough for them. But for me, I think you get more freedom. The minute I think it's it. important for someone like you, who's obviously been you know like you know a recognisable face, and you know like that you, like I keep saying it, but your energy going into that space and just 
planting the seed for somebody. Yeah. I think someone like you is the perfect person to go in and put a different slant on something that people have already got maybe got an idea of what they think meditation uh-huh. or mindfulness is. Uh-huh. That you're going, no, we can laugh. We Aye. can have a we can have a bit of a laugh here. And we're not going to take things too seriously. Uh-huh. But there is, a, there is a. It's good because it. I'm like I'm like right. So bellies are going to rumble. People are going to cough. <laughs> just embrace it. Just yeah. let it happen. And and because. Are not all going to be necessarily mega zen? I I know. And 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 just when the thoughts come, you know, let them come and don't fight them. Just, mm. just, just let the traffic. I I and I try I try to teach it in a way that I feel is that's accessible. Yeah. That that that, um, that people um that they 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 go all oh, right because. It took me a while to get it because I had too many questions, but mm-hmm. then I, I read lots, and then I—I I mean, I'm a big YouTube fan, mm-hmm. a big podcast fan. Yes. So I feel like there's loads of information in, uh, out there. Oh yeah. To just help you help it click. So then, place. was that the impetus to start your own podcast? Um. Again, people are saying, "Why have you not got a podcast? Why have you not?" And I'm like, yeah, "Because," and part of me maybe a wee bit of fear because I, I, I have this, and I was speaking to my life coach about it the other mm-hmm. day. Um, I'm like the, the thought of it, the thought of starting something and then maintaining it. Just I'm like, what if I change my mind? Mm-hmm. So I just I did one mm-hmm. and I've not done one since. And if I do one again, then it'll be good. But yeah. I, I, it's got to Fine. be right. It's got to be right for me. I, I've got to, um, I've got to um, feel that I've got something worthwhile to, to talk yeah. about. Yeah, and just, that's important because what you'll be talking about is aye. about mindfulness. Yeah. So it's not just like I'm going to record for the sake of it mm-hmm. just because I think I should aye you know yeah I think well, I, I tuned in I thoroughly oh, enjoyed it oh, and I love you. the name Pure State a pure, perfect that, that was my friend Liz that came up with that <laughs> I can't take the credit because it was because I was a Pure State and now I have a Pure yeah, State a pure most state. of the time most of the time not all the time but most of the time but you know I, I, before that I, you know I've been watching your Instagram stories and I love it because you're, you're just very honest and open and I think probably people would have a perception of you if they've never met you before. Um, see you on the stage, think that you would be a certain way, and you would have it all together, Aye. and you've got life sussed. Uh-huh. And it's nice to know that people are just people. Aye, I'm so around. not getting my life sussed. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, but and and uh, that's I, I, it's funny because I don't see that. I just assume everybody knows I'm a hot mess. But um, I, actually, mm-hmm. I think I think when you stand up on the stage, people think, "Oh, you're dead confident, yeah, and you and you've, you you've got your life together." Mm-hmm. And because the people go to me, I don't know how you can do it, and I go practice. That's how mm. I do it. Because I, 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 I was doing it, <laughs> I could never do what you're doing. I'm like, ah, you could. Uh-huh. Have you to do it? Have you to put the legwork in? I'd put in. You would be able to do it. That's I right. promise you. Mm-hmm. If you because really, some people go, I'd love to do it, and I'm like, ah, well, you need to do it. You uh-huh. need to, yeah. and you need, you need to be terrified at doing it first, but then you need, you'll get over it. Yeah. Because there's nobody that 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 special that um, I think some people are born like naturally flexible or naturally mm. with a, a singing voice. Yeah. But. It's, it's the, the work you put in it, put in it while you're here as being a human being. Yes. So the technique that you have to put in it into the natural gift mm-hmm. is, 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 is great. But then some people get up and don't, you know, don't have a good voice, but they got up and do it anyway and they're still brilliant because they've got, a, they've got that charisma. Or... Yeah, yeah, just that, that energy about them, just uh-huh. something that uh-huh. draws other people towards them for whatever yeah. reason. Yeah. But you obviously just had passion for music, for entertaining, for being around people, then you've been able to, like you say, work really hard mm-hmm. to Aye. to make that into a brilliant career and a 
brilliant adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been great. And I, mm. I've, you know, like if I could look back, my, I go back to myself and go just chill out because it's all going to be all right. It would have been such an easy because <laughs> I ha- even. But now, I don't worry, and I think this is the mindfulness. I don't worry about being sixty, or don't worry about being seventy. I don't worry about being fifty because, um, and I, I, obviously this is an age thing, but. Um, when I was younger, I'd be like, "Oh my God, what am I going to do? When I'm, what am I going to do when I'm fifty? You know, what's going to happen to me? Am, am I still going to get work?" And now, I'm like, "You'll be fine. You you will see if you have to go and work scrubbing floors somewhere. I'll do it because I I, 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 I don't mind work. Aye. Yeah. Um, oh, you've got that work ethic. Uh-huh, you yeah. just make things happen. Yeah, and, and I, I won't I won't starve. I've never starved. No. You know, and even being self-employed, you know what it's mm-hmm. like. It's like. Some months it would be like, where's next month's rent coming Easter from? Easter famine. Uh, something always comes up. You always, you always create yeah. something. You yeah. always make something. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was Mr. P- Potato Head down the street many a time, handing out packets of crisps. Or, Is that right? I, I've, I've, I used to do anything. The phone rang. I'd play it. Yes. What time do you want me to start? I'll do it. Love it. Love uh, it. Uh-huh. Well, never lose that because no. that's just, that's your spark, isn't it? Uh-huh. That's what makes you go up and do it every day. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for oh, thank you. doing this. I've got some random questions for okay. you. I'm, I'm also looking at the, the lovely food. You've, is, uh, is, Please is this, dig in. Is this going to be an ASMR video <laughs> where I go? Hold on. Mm. This cookie is really nice. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> There's also strawberries. Like added bonus for the, <laughs> the podcast. Now I'm going to get serious listeners now. <laughs> <laughs> I just put AMSR in the I don't know hashtag. Why I did it. I don't know why I did it with American accent. Let me do it with a Scottish okay, one. Okay, go for it. That cookie is really nice. <laughs> <laughs> that is so staying in. I love it. <laughs> That's a first on the podcast, I have to say. <laughs> it was totally unexpected. I love it. Um, right, so I call them the thingamabobs because I couldn't come up with another name for them. <laughs> so these are the thingamabobs. I have lots of them, but I've picked out some for you, Edward. Okay. What kind of YouTube videos can you get lost in a rabbit hole watching for an hour? Oh my God, that's a good question. <laughs> I love um, house tours. Yes, famous <laughs> people or just famous people. Me too. I love uh, architectural architectural digest open yes. house. I watched uh, Mark Ronson's the other day. Oh, so did I. <laughs> uh, Mandy Moore's is my favourite. Yeah. Oh my God, her house. I know. I like that. I also like. They're my favourite. Mm-hmm. I like looking at people's fridges. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I'm not going to show you my fridge. I love an American fridge. Oh, I. But like, I don't understand because I love myself. Mm-hmm. So I, my fridge is always bare because I'm always out and about. Uh-huh. I see you're going to buy hundreds of shorts. And then they'll go, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to stock up and I'm going to eat in every week, every day. And I buy all this food and then it gets spinned. So I don't do it. Yeah. But I like looking at people's fridges and all that. <laughs> I love it. That's something I've not YouTube done with YouTube that beer. Um, what else is others? I just like to go on sometimes and get random. Like, I love, um, I've not listened to these like, Bernie Brown and all mm-hmm. those positive yeah. thinkers. Jeez, oh. At your post? Aye. You've been on Amazon last night? <laughs> that actually might be L Decoration Magazine because that's my other obsession. Oh, <laughs> Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> that's cookie's great, by the way. Is it? It's good. Mm. They, were, they were only a, a... It was like a box. A, you know the aisle in Tesco that everyone's a pound? Mm. And I, I just was drawn by the box. Mm. They looked pretty decent. I'm going to stop eating them now. No, carry on. That, that, that's what they're there for. <laughs> I bought uh, them for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I also like... Um, I used to, but not so much, like... 
haven't done it for a while. Like mm-hmm. off Broadway singers doing nice. stuff um, cool. by like not that famous. They're famous in New York, but not uh, famous here. Like uh, oh, composers yeah. and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, writers. Yeah, cool. Scott Allen or um, mm-hmm. the um, what do you call the guys? The guys that wrote the Great Showman and, and Mary Poppins, I think. Wow. Um, they. Um, the wait, no, it was uh, Great Showman and something else I've wrote recently. Nice. They used to do off Broadway stuff. Now they're big yeah, Oscar winners. Okay. I love looking in people's wardrobes as well. I have a wee thing about about wardrobes. Mm. Um, yeah, very stylish. But, um, oh, oh, thank you. I don't my wardrobes. <laughs> You're wearing very very cool trousers. Oh, today. thank you. <laughs> um, my my um, wardrobes need to be clear out actually. Is it now? Mm-hmm. You need to do a wee Marie Kondo, is it? Does it spark joy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'm just like, I, I, I'm like, that. I will fit into that one day. I will fit into it. Um, but I won't. <laughs> I'm embracing the chunkiness. I hear you. I've got so many dresses in that wardrobe. I'm like, you're never wearing that again. You wore it like about, honestly, I must have stuff in there that's like 15, 20 year old. Mm-hmm. Still in the wardrobe. Ah, me too. <laughs> Is it a house coat or a dressing gown? Oh, um, I'm in the skirt most of the time. I'm all joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Oh, right, right. Do you, you call, call it a house coat? <laughs> I think, what do you wear? <laughs> um, but I love that answer. No, I'm not in the scud. I've, I've got a Versace house coat, so... Of course you do. Uh, I came out of a relationship and then my whole family that Christmas had chucked in and bought me a Versace house coat just because they knew I was a wee bit sad. So it was Aww. like the best. Because I wanted one and I was like, no, that's too bougie. It's, it's too... And I was like, just get it. And I went, no. Because the sleeves are dead baggy and you're doing your dishes in the morning, the, the, the sleeves dip sleeves. in the water, so Aye. I was like, when I had it in the shop, <laughs> I know, okay. I know, and I actually need staff more than I need um, Versace house To coat. be fair, I don't think that's either a house coat or uh, a dress coat, I think that's a robe. That's a robe, yes it is, that's what it's called. <laughs> so what was the question again, a house... Do you call it a house coat or a dressing gown? I don't even think I've given it much thought. No. A dressing gown, a house coat, I think the two of them are just the same. Yeah. Because people have like quite like some people are quite decisive about but like, that. Like, like roasted I'm, cheese or cheese and toast. That's another one that's on there. Yeah. I don't know what I say. I say roasted cheese. I think I say toasted cheese. Mm-hmm. I actually, it's funny because I don't, I don't, I don't have a stance uh, on either. I, I, whatever. Well, you're wearing Versace, so. <laughs> <laughs> I could say Versace. That would be different. But I see if somebody say to me, "Do you want roasted cheese?" I go, "No, I'll have toasted cheese." I'm not that pedantic no, about it. I go, no. "Aye, just whatever you're making, I'll take." Somebody else is making it. Yeah, like well chuffed. <laughs> my friend Lorna made it with once, and she put, "Is it? It's called um, all season." I can't believe it. I, I felt as if she she would have had like a, the Savoy or something. I get roasted cheese. <laughs> roasted cheese. I must call it a toast. I don't no, know. You say roasted there. <laughs> You'll be thinking of that, Odie. Um, which fictitious? Award ceremony would you most like to host? Fictitious? Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily exist. Maybe it does, but we'll never know. We'll need to look it up. But what kind of like award ceremony what would be like the best award ceremony ever that you could host? Well, the Oscars, but that's a real one. Well, that's okay. Um, but I, 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 it's funny because I've, I've been saying my Oscar speech out loud since I was a wee boy. Have you? Uh-huh. uh-huh. And um, I don't know. It's it's, it's the same way um, I used to, in my, in my head... Um, I'm having a conversation with Oprah Winfrey and making her laugh with using Scottish words and I'm laughing at them. I, listen. But but I don't I don't actually. It's it's um, if I never meet Oprah or if I never get an Oscar, mm-hmm. I don't. It won't define my life. But no. for some reason, 
and I'm sitting and I've got a wee minute to have a wee dram. I have a, a, a thank you my Oscar speech or my. So I don't know if I want to win, I want to host the Oscars. I think I might just win one for like best supporting actress. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Oprah could. Oprah could present me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Ideal situation. And uh, uh, thoughts become things. Let's make yes, that yes. But um, <laughs> oh, but, but tish, um. Just because I'm pretty sure you've probably been asked to do some random events <laughs> over the um, years. I was, <laughs> I was asked to host an event. But this was it was baths for for Africa, and it was. It was it was weird because it was putting baths in people's houses. Okay. They had showers, but they didn't have baths. Right. And they had TVs, so it was very strange. I was like, "Is this a fictional? Is this somebody just made this up?" And I was singing at it going, "I'm like, I'm like, baths for Africa? It was weird. Water for Africa? Yes, by all means. But baths? No, I don't know. Random. I just aim when you were always aiming, which was an Oscar. Aye. But that, I mean, to to host the to host something like that mm. would be pretty awesome. To to be in a place where, like the way James Corden recently yes. he did the Tony mm. Awards, and he just brought himself into that. Totally. And I try to do that. Like if I'm booked for somewhere, I try to bring myself and just trust. Like it's, it's like that. Well, if I'm not good enough, but I go no. I'm just going to try and be. And then mm-hmm. people will go, that was unique. Yeah. But when it, we might yeah. not have you back, or that was you know that was great, <laughs> but. Uh, Bye bye. And I think the more you do that, then like James Corden is so very like him just stuck about talking to all these Broadway stars. Going, you go to a karaoke. You know, he did mm. the karaoke thing. Uh-huh. Brilliant. I think that's. I think that is so watchable, and people love that because people yeah. go, "I want to be that comfortable uh, with all these stars." You, you don't want to be seeing stuff that's just recreating what somebody else has done Aye. because it, it's you know been deemed successful. Aye. You know, just keeping it real. You. Like uh-huh. Ellen doing that. Selfie at the Oscars yeah. was like, oh my god, this is people who we look way up there, mm-hmm. but she's doing something that we all do every day, so she made it yeah. accessible, so that's yeah. why it resonated with so oh, many people. Of course, you, you uh, totally nailed it. That's like anytime I've seen you perform, at, for me, I'm like, you're just being you. You watch you doing your thing, and no one would accuse you of, oh, he's putting on an act, or, mm-hmm. and that's probably why you wanted to be a singer and you didn't really want to do musical theatre because yeah. then you were going to have to play a character. Aye, and that's too much hard work. <laughs> that's so hard but I've tried it in the past. I'm, I'm fed up being this other person now I want to be myself again. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a heightened version of myself because I'm not like that no, all the time. No, of course. You know, no, no, no. I, I, You're an entertainer and you aye. do, like, I do dementia-friendly events where I've got to do a wee, you know, dance and we do a wee bit of singing, you know, I'll say that it's them to get a party piece or whatever and I'll burst into song and hope that people will join in and you know I come off and I'm like I don't even know what I said mm-hmm. and other girls are like oh like you're so good at that and I'm like am I like you know you just like go in the zone kind of thing and, and I know I'm a heightened version no, but that, to me there's that's you're in the brainwave um, there is you're in the gamma brainwave Ooh. so um, when we're, right now we're in a beta brainwave but um, and then when we relax we get an alpha then we get a theta and then we're in deep sleep we get a um, delta okay. so throughout the night you'll get a um, Beta, alpha, theta, delta. So your sleep pattern, you're awake, right. you're a deep sleep all night. Now neuroscience are saying that with um, when you're in a gamma brainwave, you're in peak performance, right. and it's also it's almost like you're in flow. So when you when you're inspired, when you're actually not thinking, when your your brain is charged up that way, that almost information or words are being downloaded into your mouth mm-hmm. to come out so when you come off you go I actually don't know what I said there because so you were so in the happens. moment 
you were so but you were so alive. You were yeah. also so you were just very present, and you were mm-hmm. there was no second guessing, there was no sabotage, no self sabotage. So that sometimes um, when I do that, I'm like I, I think I'm a wee ticket because I'm like oh I've got it going on today. <laughs> Um, it's such a beautiful feeling. Nice when it happens. Yeah, yes. it really is. For me, it's it's connecting with other people. Yeah. You know, through the joy of music and dance and. I, I did I, when I, I was confused about what I was doing, where I was going, right? And I've been praying for an answer. I've been praying like, just give me, just give me. I just want to know what direction to follow in. I just wanted what direction to go in. I went to a fortune teller and he was like, "Are you a counsellor?" I said, "No." And he went, "You do something talking to people." And I said, "I teach mindfulness. That's it." That's the creed for you. And then I said to him, I was singing as well. He went, aye, but you won't be singing in pubs for long. And I was like, right, I don't sing in pubs anymore. But <laughs> okay. but um, last week, I did a, a show. I work, I teach mindfulness up at, um, it's called the Nifty Fifties, right? Mm-hmm. Up in Coat Bridge. And every day, at the end of the summer and the end of Christmas, they asked me again and sing, sing songs for them. Mm-hmm. It's only 45 minutes. But last week, I got my answer because it was that moment of, I was in flow, mm-hmm. but... There was a connection between me and the audience, and it wasn't it wasn't about me standing singing songs. I felt I was part of something, yes. and I went, "That's what I want. Oh. That's what I want in my life. At least twice a week, Brilliant. this connection with people and using songs. So they'd be sitting laughing at songs, mm-hmm. and be sitting listening to songs, and then you'd see somebody maybe with a tear in their eye because, and then I've spoke I spoke about my dad dying and singing my way to his funeral, and I sang it because weirdly it was on his birthday, so I wanted to. The, right. the show was on his birthday my mum and Goodness. my sister were there and I was like what a better way to, to, yeah, to yeah. sing so I said I'm going to sing I'm going to try not to greet so I didn't greet um, thanks dad for not making mm-hmm. me greet but people in the audience were greeting and I thought bang I love that not yeah. that a lot of people make, make people cry <laughs> but to people no, to, have, to have an interaction like yeah. that and, and like music's so powerful yeah. and you don't know what really what songs mean to people and you know takes them somewhere else mm-hmm. and I've seen it time and time again especially through the dementia friendly stuff that we do and I absolutely feel honoured to be even like a tiny cog in that you know moment because mm-hmm. that experience that's I can we've performed in amazing stages and amazing events but those kind of things for me are like what stick out yes you know for me it's a two-way experience yeah. It's not about me, but it is about me because I've rehearsed it and I've had to put the work in. Yeah, of course. But it's in that moment, it's about us. Yeah, you're um, the gateway to the other I, things that you know. You know, you you obviously have to prepare, and that's that. You know, that's the professional, and you you want to give a good performance. You want people to be entertained, but then the bonus is the stuff that you can't plan for. No, yeah, exactly. Which I like. Exactly. Two more. Yep. Um, have another bit of cookie carry on <laughs> mm, so nice <laughs> what <laughs> what moment in your past would you want to relive again I don't I don't think there were any moment in my past I want to relive I think when I'm truly present um, then it's that's all it is because then it's gone so there's really no moment being in a relationship when I had that experience of love to love somebody then I would let I'm looking forward to having that again mm-hmm. that experience of wanting to look after somebody wanting yeah. to care for them wanting them to care for me and and that whole relationship thing yeah. I would like that experience I don't want to go back the way with no, any relationship no, but the, the feeling but of that love that feeling of loved yeah. right now I love being single so, but I'm the type of person that I've, if I'm single I love it if I'm in a relationship I love it yeah. but I know that that's a very, very unique experience to have that that um, relationship mm. with somebody um, that you can share things with and you can um, 
be intimate with and, yeah. and, and get a cuddle from and yeah. you know and that yeah. so that that is I look forward to that again that's I don't nice. really live anything that's ever happened in my past because it served its purpose it's over and done with grateful for it it's made Perfect. me it's been part of the reason that I'm, I'm who I am today but yeah. and no. all chapters filed and yeah and do you know I, I know there's a lot of people that would, will say if only I could get my dad back for five minutes and I, I'm not like that because I'm like my dad's dead and there's, there's no change in it, right? Because no. death is, is final. When Physically, death is final. My dad's still very present in other ways. Mm-hmm. Thanks to mindfulness, when he was dying, I was very present because I was helping him, helping him with self-care, his okay. intimate care. So right. I was going, in my head, I was going, this is a privilege for me to be doing this. Yep. And I was talking to him and I was telling him I loved him. And then when he was on his deathbed, we were all round about him saying we loved him and his funeral was fantastic, right? Yeah. So... I don't look back and have any regrets because I feel that I was totally present in that moment. Fabulous. And there's there's no way getting you know there's no way getting around it. No. I think if I wasn't present, I, I'd go. I wish I could just yeah, go back have, just to still yeah, yeah, know that I loved them. Uh-huh. But, but you now, did everything that you uh, would, you would could have hoped for that yeah. you would do in that moment. I try to make my relationships that are important to me very very kind. And if, I'm, if I don't, then I feel terrible about it, and then I hopefully make amends about it. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I try to live it, you know, each moment in the present moment because then when it's gone, it's gone. You really that's can't it. get it back. That's that. Sorry, that was a Well, I've, no, I love it and I, I've, I felt that like you've been very present when we've been chatting, which is really important to me because when I'm doing this, I'm not thinking about anything else and that's the joy uh-huh. that is this, you know, just uh-huh. co- having a conversation because I think we say, say it a lot on this podcast, but we are just go, go, go a lot mm-hmm. of the time. So yeah. you can just sit down and have a conversation with somebody uh-huh. there. Yeah. You know, I've got one more question for you. I ask everybody this. Okay. What is your favourite Scottish word or phrase? I like, I've got, I love, I love, uh, I like Gallus. Yes. I like Gallus. In fact, I just bought a t- t-shirt with Gallus on it. Amazing. I hope it's delivered, delivered today so I can take it to Spain. Yes. I like Gallus. I like Boggin. <laughs> I like um, Haufen. I like, um, <laughs> I love them. I, I, the, there's, I like Scunner. Mm-hmm. I like Scunner. Yeah. Um, is coochie a, a Scottish word? Because I say coochie quite a bit. What do you mean? It's like a song's dead coochie, like a wee dog's dead coochie. Ah. I don't know if that's just the word I've made up or it's a... Because my mum will say cahoochie, but it's when something's like, she doesn't like marshmallows because oh. they're cahoochie. And she made them. <laughs> uh, right, babe. Um, what's your favourite? I don't know, because so many people have said really good ones on this, because literally, because it's the bra and the brave. And I guess bra, like I like the words bra. But there's been so many and I'm like, oh. But there's certain words that you add, like, um, bogging is mm-hmm. very, to me, Scottish. It's like when I was, I worked with dancers in, in Spain, right, and they were all from England. And yeah. I was like, oh, I've got an itchy oxter. And they were like, <laughs> an itchy what? And they were like, oh, don't tell us about that. <laughs> I meant my oxter. And they were like, you're what? I meant that's your oxter there. And they were like, no, no, it's not. And I didn't know that oxter was a Scottish uh-huh. word. I did a dance once, it was in Calamity Jane for Adrian Cobridge Operatic, and I don't know, we were throwing our arms out and we called it Oaks the Magic. Because <laughs> everybody was like, Oaks the Magic! <laughs> I've, I've actually got a tea towel. Uh-huh. I was in my sister's house actually, she she framed it for me for a Christmas present, <laughs> and it's all Scottish words. Ah, oh, cool! Uh, so I'm going to get it off her, I wonder if it's in her garage. I wonder what she's done mm-hmm. with it. Have I got it? Anyway, that's, that's what I've got. <laughs> I like that, I like that. Gallus is a good one though. Gallus. I don't think anybody else has said Gallus. Oh really? And the fact that you've got a t-shirt coming with it on. I know. That's, that's the one. There was, what was the other one I wanted to get? It was Gallus and um, Your Dancer. Yeah. Uh, because it, it was just black <laughs> and it was just, 
you're dancing and I thought oh, that'd be nice way to be a sparkly jacket or something lovely lovely but gallus will do in the meantime gallus will do in the meantime and you'll be very gallus in Mallorca I know I'm very jealous I know I'm very fortunate I'm very blessed that this is um, being booked to go and sing at a wedding how with, lovely with the beautiful family mm-hmm. that I know and uh, the bride phoned me yesterday and she's super excited so I was just like oh my god I'm excited too <laughs> So, That's awesome. Uh, and then um, they've said to me, just come for a week, but I'm, I'm only going to go for five days. Cool. So, because um, I'm going to Greece. Yes. So, um, yes. To I'm, do all your kayaking mm-hmm. and abseiling and... Yep. I will let you know all about that. Yes. Well, I wish you all the best. Enjoy it. Thank you. Thanks for having me. you'll be very present in whatever you're doing. I've tried. And I've thoroughly enjoyed this, Edward. Thank you oh, so much. Oh, me too. Thank Bye. you. Bye. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Braw and the Brave podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.